0: Hi and welcome to this episode of So What's Up, we're looking at our predictions for 2021. It's Chelsea here and I'm with James and Richard today and we're um, just going to go through our predictions really for 2021 and what we think is going to come up in the digital space so um, do we have any openers?
1: James, uh, James yeah. Club, Clubhouse <laughs> yeah. a conversation about Clubhouse everybody seems to be talking about it at the minute.
2: Yeah, everyone's talking about Clubhouse at the moment. Um I mean it was probably it's been around a while I think but nobody really realized it until about December last year and everyone started sharing who wants an invite to this Clubhouse thing. Um which is how a lot of these social media start isn't it they sort of start by invite only to make them a bit seem a bit exclusive and then everyone jumps on the bandwagon afterwards. Um I mean, Chelsea, don't just say what Clubhouse is in case anybody doesn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically, Clubhouse is an audio only social media platform in beta phasing at the moment, and it is only available on iPhone. So if you've got an Android, um, tough luck, you can't get on there just yet, but it will be available, I reckon, quite soon. Um, it is invite only at the moment because it's not open there with it still being in beta test phasing. And. Um, yeah, people are just basically angling for invites. Um, they'll do anything for them. So I think if you've got some, um, see see what you can get out of people for them. And do, you, do you
1: mean charge them for it? You can always sell them on eBay like <laughs> people do with Pokemon cards and things like that and make some money out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. I mean, I've got five at the minute, so if anyone wants to make me any offers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, th- it's basically just, um, you go on there and um, there's literally there's like a chat room for like pretty much everything people can schedule when they're going to be on there um everyone's jumping on it in terms of um kind of all of the usual social media gurus are trying to um, yeah get on there <laughs> basically like build up their following on there um i've been using it quite a bit um got some got some decent kind of chats going on there with people learnt a lot on there as well um I think it's a lot more intimate than other social media channels because um people who are um, seen as like the gurus and the experts of like certain things are creating chat rooms having um, guests into their room and stuff as well and then you can join the room anyone can join it anyone can listen to it then you just um, raise a virtual hand if you have any questions and they bring you up to speak I guess it's kind of like a live podcast really and um, having an audience listen in live I guess which is which is interesting and people seem to be really enjoying it and loving it and people are learning a lot as well so yeah I think um
1: so if you're to adju- uh, join a clubhouse chat, for example, and there's hundreds of people in there like there was the other day with Elon Musk and you raise that virtual hand, do you get an opportunity to speak?
0: Yeah, so um, you raise your virtual hand, Elon Musk, if he's the administrator or whoever it is, sees that you've raised your hand and then they decide if they want to bring you up or not. So um, ultimately it depends on the administrator and if, um, if you seem like you've got something viable to say really.
2: I think a lot of them, um, especially, you know, from a small business, um, people that you know point of view, it's people just running their own small little rooms, maybe five or ten people, and they're actually really quite happy to have anybody contribute and participate at the moment. Um, yeah, well, I've been on a few recently, uh, probably not in the last couple of weeks, but certainly beginning of January, it was kind of all a thing, and I was just trying it out, and apart from the fact that my phone got swamped with more notifications for Clubhouse chats than I've ever seen anything notify me ever Um, It was interesting I participated in a couple of them, um, said a few things. I think it's um, for people maybe that don't like being on video, it's probably uh, quite a good platform because they're aware that no one's looking at them while they're talking. Um, It's almost a good practice thing for doing their own podcast, really, because you're just talking, um, not worrying about what what people are thinking of you when you're doing it. Um, And just gives a good opportunity to just practice your uh, your audio voice or radio voice, as they would call it.
0: Yeah I think so and um, obviously kind of gauging to see how much interest you've got in people like joining your room and stuff before you actually go out and start investing in making a podcast it's kind of like I don't know testing your audience really and seeing if there is um, enough demand there to warrant getting all the stuff in for a podcast and like making the effort of going through it and setting it all up.
2: It seems quite Q and A based from the ones that I was in, um, so I sort of dropped into a few uh, of these chats that were run by sort of American social media. Um, self-styled gurus um, and a lot of people were sort of talking about how to increase their followers what sort of content should they be putting out there how they should monetize their Instagram and then all the different people that were admin in the room were sort of chipping in with different ideas from their point of view so it seemed quite collaborative really from that point of view and just getting um, sort of new ideas that maybe the uh, person asking the question hadn't thought of before.
0: Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, um, you know, there's like mastermind groups that you see sometimes where um, people can like join in a, um, join in a predetermined network and then they've got like, I don't know, like an account specialist or like a marketing specialist and a HR specialist and then people just ask like random business questions. But it's basically that format, but for super nichey things, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I think the ones that I found were really good actually were sort of on a Friday afternoon um, just the, the general, how's your week gone? kind of chat uh, it was just sort of an open free-for-all place for people just drop in and go do you know what? i've had a really good week or a really bad week or yeah as a it's sort of quite a supportive um, area to um and especially in our world where there's a lot of agencies doing it so it's sort of agencies talking to agencies and it's probably the same for other industries as well but you could sort of almost treat it as a bit of a sort of mental health kind of um way of looking at things in terms of supporting other people that you know
1: yeah, yeah I was, I was just going to say that it's uh, it's another digital way to get together now we're all locked down. Uh, it seems to be like social media was, is on the up anyway social media usage for just general catch-ups. But this is another platform to catch up with strangers in a way.
0: Yeah definitely and I've seen some like really random ones on there like there's a few book clubs like what are you reading type things and meditation ones where you'll have people on there and they'll do like guided meditations for you um i've not actually joined any of them because um i don't think i'm the type of person that meditation is made for but i mean i've seen i've seen them advertised on there it comes up in like the calendar and stuff so yeah i think um, there's dating ones as well which um i i, I don't know how they'd work but um <laughs> it's not just business it's literally anything you're interested in just put that as your interests and um yeah, I guess, um, see what's out there for you if you do want to give it a go.
2: I think as, I think as the app matures as well, it'll, add, it'll obviously add new features in. It'll make it maybe easier to create your own, because I think at the moment it's a little bit clunky, isn't it? Just to sort mm. of set up your own, um, whatever they call clubs, don't they, on there? Um, and I think, you yeah, know, as it evolves, and obviously, like you said, it's still in the beta stage, so they're obviously still working through issues and it's iPhone only. So there's obviously some technical challenges to get across, but I think, you know, it's an interesting platform to look at going forwards. And I think it sort of plays into the fact that people are just sick of Facebook. Um, (laughs) You know, everyone's been on Facebook for 15 years now, something like that. And you're just looking for something different to do in terms of social networks. And it's, it's been a, yeah. And this is a good example, a bit like how TikTok was last year. Yeah. This is like, it's just something a bit different to try.
1: It's a multiple-way yeah. communication, though, isn't it? A lot of these social networks, you're putting your feelings online. I think from a mel- mental health point of view, you can go into Clubhouse and chat to people who are probably struggling with this current situation.
0: Yeah, and I think um, kind of there's quite a few things that you guys have touched on within those last comments that I'd like to circle back to. But um, I think we'll start with Facebook, though, um, and kind of Clubhouse... Um, starting to kind of take on the Facebook business model obviously Facebook introduced rooms which I think was their um, they saw Clubhouse um, on the rise and wanted to try and try and stop that in its tracks and offer up an alternative like they have done with pretty much everything Um, in terms of like Instagram bringing out reels and things Facebook have now introduced rooms to try and stop Clubhouse from Getting, um, getting traction but um, I think what will be really interesting to see in 2021 and within the next kind of one to three years to come is um, what are they going to do about the regulation of these massive conglomerate platforms like Facebook are they going to start being deregulated especially now with the new president in America and um, he's made it pretty clear that that is what he wants to look at doing. Into, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think,
2: yeah, you, you see it on the news every day at the moment. You know, they're all under pressure. They're under pressure for how much tax they pay, for the privacy concerns. Um, and I think we're just going to see a, a, a quicker rise in people adopting anything that's not the same platforms that they've been used to. Um, although, yeah, I wouldn't put it past someone like Facebook trying to buy Clubhouse just to get rid of it or to absorb it into their own thing like they tend to do. But, yeah, I think we're certainly going to see over this year increased um, regulation of the big social networks and the tech companies um, from the point of view of just sort of what they're doing with everybody's data and why they are so powerful. Um, and I think, you know, anything that looks different, people are going to just latch on to. Um, so one of the other ones that we were trying out uh, this month, actually, was um, Lunch Club, which, again, it's not necessarily new, but it's been around for a while. And actually, it almost seems like it should have been a byproduct of lockdown uh, as a way to sort of meet new people um, that you've just have no idea who they are or what they're into um but yeah you've been doing it quite a bit Chelsea haven't you
0: yeah so um since you invited me to it last month I've basically freed up nine till ten o'clock Thursdays and Fridays to basically just meet these new people and um, have a few chats um had some I've had some pretty good conversations on there actually some really interesting people it's more of like a business to business networking thing I would say um You can basically choose what you're interested in, um, write a bit of like a blurb about yourself, and um, choose the type of people that you want to talk to based on like your needs. So I put on there that I want to meet interesting people, um, a bit of business development, and um, learn something new. So those were my three criteria. Yeah,
2: I mean, I did, I did one. um, uh, It was interesting actually. The guy I was chatting to was a was a guy from from Spain. And he was talking to me about um, a sort of a technology around um, browser notifications on websites, um, which is something I actually he taught me something I didn't know you could do. So that was quite interesting.
1: you know. So trying to pitch a service to you?
2: He ran a company, but he wasn't trying to sell it. Um, right. So like, likewise, I wasn't trying to sell to him. It was just an interesting conversation. Um so yeah, he, he does offer a service, but like, like we offer a service here, you know, it's like whoever you speak to, there's a natural thought that you'd be trying to sell something to them. Um, I don't think that's its point. I don't think that's the... No, m- I
0: think um, most of the people that I've come across on there are, um, I guess they kind of like super introverted people that really value those kind of one-to-one meaningful connection style relationships where you actually talk to them about things that you're just interested in. Like one guy, I was talking about wine to one. I was talking about books to um, others. Like were teaching me about things that I hadn't necessarily thought of before. So one guy was like a um, filmmaker in like the ad in like adland industry, and obviously they're on their ass at the minute because um, people just can't really can't it really happens, shoot yeah, them. Yeah. So um, it's more really just about talking to people and um, checking in with them, making new friends, making connections and then I've checked in with everyone on LinkedIn afterwards and um, one guy I got on really well with and we've scheduled another call for two months time so.
1: That's really good and I think my experience was the polar opposite to that, the fact that every (laughs) single person wanted to pitch something to me, uh, a product or service or some kind of software or recruitment Recruitment agencies are jumping on the back of it, which is always a little bit frustrating. But uh, I think I think it's yeah. a
2: shame if it becomes that way. Uh, yeah. I I could actually see it being a really natural fit for LinkedIn um, as yeah. an add-on. Yeah, and I'd be very surprised if Microsoft don't seriously look at it. Um, in a way integrating the two together because obviously Microsoft already got the data. Um, for everybody and what their job roles are
0: and weirdly as well what I've noticed is when you go down um lunch club on their own kind of explore section it naturally seems to link up with LinkedIn anyway because it kind of gets you to um try and push it to your LinkedIn network and invite them in so that um it's 100% a
2: natural fit for LinkedIn and I think you know if we if we assume that in our business to business world LinkedIn is probably the most valuable form of social media um for us at the moment then it, for, for me this lunch club idea is it is a good idea uh, i just think it's like, like rich said yeah the worry is that people on it just use it as a glorified sales tool or another way to tap into people that they they weren't going to reach the other way which i think is a shame really because it takes it away from what i think it's meant for um but yeah it be interesting to see how that develops over the year um yeah i think i'll, I'll sign up for a few more slots and see uh, what else we come out come out of it really
0: yeah, yeah and if anyone does try it and um, they find themselves on the end of someone that is just super salesy um just knock it in the bud really early on and just be completely clear about you're not actually looking for the service but you're really interested in hearing about what they offer and um you'll pass the details on to anyone that is. I've had that situation a couple of times and once I've been just super clear about it, they've stopped kind of giving me the 30-second elevator pitch and I think they've pretty pretty much appreciated the the honesty really.
2: Yeah, definitely. So just going back to what we sort of briefly touched on before, um you sort of you wanted to come back around to this sort of point around sort of mental health and looking after people um in this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think um, one thing that we've seen really um, with everything that happened last year is um, just the complete eradication of the office and um, people working from home. And I know that there's a massive debate around being in the office and working from home and looking after your workforce, keeping up a culture where everything's predominantly online. But um, some of the stats, um, some of the stats are quite shocking, really. So now, because people are working from home, they're actually working a lot more. So it's like some people have replaced the commute time with working. People are less likely now to take a lunch break, more likely to work after hours because those boundaries have been blurred. With um, because obviously there's no kind of physical distinction now between going to the office, coming back from the office, and um, burnout is something that a lot of people are worried about. And I think looking after your looking after your employees' mental health is something now that companies are actually starting to look into a lot more. And I think 2021 is going to be a big year for that.
1: Yeah, yeah I 100%. I mean, as people return back to the offices, I don't know about you guys, but uh, our experience of remote working has been somewhat different to everybody else's and we've seen it seen it firsthand really, the how it's affected people mental health-wise. We've had people in the office just on their own wanting to get away for a different space, a different environment, and I know that the, the moment we put in strict measures so people could work back at the office, everybody flooded back to the office, Um uh, which just goes to show that remote working long-term is starting to really affect people now. Let's hope that soon everybody will have a vaccination, everybody will be back to the office and we'll get back to some kind of normality.
0: That's if everyone's offices have been kept, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, majority of them that we've spoken to in the agency sector. I know James is chatting to quite a few people in the collective and they've closed the offices. Everybody's now permanently working remotely uh, and, and some of them haven't really consulted the staff to see how they feel about that. It's not what they originally signed up for, but some people love it. Some people don't.
2: Yeah, I think it's got a place, to be fair. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, the technological side of things, having moved on so quickly, has solved a lot of problems. Yeah, you know, like, now, if we had to, we could work at home. If you want to, you can work from home, you know. So for, if I want to work at home on a Friday, it's not a problem now. The technology's in place. We have no issues with files or anything like that anymore. And it kind of forced that to, to fix itself, um, which is great. But on the whole, I'd rather be in the office. And I think we'll probably find that the staff are the same. Um, Some people, like you say, love working from home and will never not want to. Um, But I think flexibility is going to be the key word, really, which is giving people the option to do both, depending on what they're most comfortable with or where they're most productive, which is probably more from an employer's point of view, what's going to be the biggest um, sort of driver between what really happens in the long term. You know, are people still productive working from home or is it just still a bit of a, a novelty that they
1: like to do. Yeah, it's about discipline really, isn't it? Some people are disciplined and have a, a nice environment for it at home and are quite. it's quite a natural process to them. Others have many factors distracting them. For example, children or family, et cetera, homeschooling. That's a big part of my life at the minute. So my wife is doing a fantastic job of homeschooling whilst working from home. Although stressful, she does it and she does a great job of it. Uh, for myself, the first lockdown, there was no chance. I got no work done whatsoever. It was constant distractions. Paper airplanes hit him in the side of the head during a Zoom call, for example. But now everybody's back in the office. I absolutely love it. I think people are important. The people we work with as an agency, we're close. We work really well together. And it's nice to just bat ideas around the studio rather than, although at distance at this moment in time, uh, it just works. For I, me I actually works.
2: think when the schools are back, it'll be a different conversation again because that does take away most people's distraction and home issues, to be fair. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, you can imagine working from home without the child distraction. It's a whole different experience than if you're working from home with, yes. with your kid badgering you every five seconds. Yeah. Well, it, as
1: you've noticed, a conversation we had the other day, uh, Zoom calls, you've all Zoomed out, I believe, yeah, James. 100%. Uh, Zoom meetings, whereas you normally have maybe one or two meetings a day or a uh, week uh, sometimes. Uh, now they seem to be a thing that, that are expected and you can just drop into them nine zoom meetings later your days disappeared
2: oh 100 i mean i've had a couple of fridays now where i, just, I mean, it's my own fault for booking too many meetings too close together with no gap in between them um and everyone's just oh should we just jump onto a call And it's just become the thing people do. Now, in the past, it will be a whole, well, do you want to come in on Tuesday? And yeah, here's the times we've got available. They'd have to make a trip to come to the office. And whilst the technology's always been there, no one used it, but now everyone just feels so comfortable with it. It's like it's, you know, sit sit at your desk, just call your agency, just call whoever, you know.
1: and constantly dropping onto a Zoom call mid project or mid That's it. conversation
2: which is good in some ways for communication it keeps that communication level up between um for example for us and the client but i think it's something to be very wary of is the amount of calls people are having because actually you're doing more meetings than you've ever done before um it's more convenient to do them um but it, it is still quite tiring talking and looking at the screen for a long time especially when you drop it into whatever else you're doing day to day um, what I've started doing now is sort of rationalizing my Zoom calls to two days a week to try and get them all into a sh- shorter pe- period of time and then give myself three days a week to do the actual work that comes off the back of them. Uh, and it's been a bit better in terms of energy levels, really, from not just sitting there constantly yeah. just Zooming. Um,
1: we, we found it really useful for proofing purposes, any visual sharing screens and explaining or even training on how to use the admin of a website. It's really straightforward via Zoom. In fact, almost easier via Zoom. Uh, you can record it, and then they've always got that to to go back to. So that's the that's a bit of that I yeah. A positive. I mean
2: that's been a great um, plus for us. I mean, I had a customer today. Actually, we were talking about whether he wants to come in or do it on Zoom, and we've suggested doing it over Zoom because you can share. You can record the video, like you say, he can refer back to it later. Um, yeah, you, know, you can see it at the real scale on your own screen, having it shared to you. Um, you can sort of take control if you had to. There's just lots of really good tech features that, that make the some Zoom meetings really useful. Um and I think, you know, as we're talking about some predictions for twenty twenty one, hopefully some of the um the commonly used video conferencing apps just improve their features continually. Mm. Yeah, we primarily use um Zoom and Teams, potentially. Because
1: it works, Teams doesn't. Simple as
2: that. Yeah, Teams Teams is kind of shocking, really. Um, but yeah, Zoom is is, is really good. Um, Google Hangouts have been on quite a few of those, but that's incredibly basic with virtually no features. Um, but yeah, across the three of them, which obviously make up the vast majority of the industry, I think they've all been uh, they've all got their place. Obviously, certain companies are sort of invested in one technology platform more than others. Um, and I think as they all work to sort of compete with each other on features, we're going to see more and more sort of cool things come out of this that'll maybe just make it make it more enjoyable experience
0: yeah and i think i'm um, touching on that i think um, there is this kind of like need for building digital experiences to almost like rival the real life experiences because people are ultimately missing that level of interaction be it in the service based industry or just like with the brands that they used to doing so we see it with um, some of the um some of the clothing brands that we've seen and um, how they're trying to get everyone involved with digital gucci have done some cool things with like ai and apps and um, kind of doing walkarounds in their shop and things like that and um, service the service industries that were in obviously um we're used to doing workshops with clients and um, how can we translate that on zoom to give them really meaningful valuable workshops so that they go away feeling like they've had if not a better service than they have done that they would have done in real life
1: yeah, yeah i mean it, it, it does work I, i've personally bought some things i bought a car over zoom and with video walkarounds and things and that was quite a cool experience um uh, the test drive was a bit poor but the, but the car <laughs> was great uh, when it arrived and and again for a kitchen company as well it, uh, you get a 3d walk around instead of um I, I f- be a phone call. See interruptions <laughs> constantly. <laughs> um, yeah, I found it quite good, and and from a personal perspective as well, I find myself doing Zoom quizzes, uh, Zoom birthday parties, Zoom. Uh, James did a chocolate tasting on Zoom. So yeah,
2: that was how really good. was that? Um, that was really good, actually. It's just, it's just one of those um, things you just see somebody say, "Oh, do you want to join on this?" I thought, yeah, okay, that's that's kind of cool. We'll do that. It um, actually, yeah, it, it worked better than you'd think. Really, um, I think it's interesting because sort of we're talking about different... Coming up with some different events for our own team in terms of trying to find some ways to sort of engage everybody because in normal times we're quite a social company so we we go out for dinner we get yeah we, we we got to a rhythm actually before COVID where we would go out every Friday afternoon after work yeah, just go up, go up to a bar up the road uh, and just things like that was quite nice and I think yeah we we're missing that um, so we're just looking around for different ways to replicate that. A kind of camaraderie, but via a digital means. I and mean, again, it's not perfect, but I think you know, we're only a few months away from things being kind of you know, more back to how it would have been. So, you know, it's not something that hopefully long term we're going to be stuck with. But yeah, this sort of yeah you know, bringing people together into teams it, it is you know it's um, it's difficult at the moment. But I think obviously during this year, I think hopefully we'll go back to more of a in person kind of feel. I think, yeah, but, but right. we'll certainly keep our offices as kind of destination offices for people so you know if they want to come and record a podcast with us or come and sit and kick some ideas around in our meeting room it's there for that reason Uh, it's not necessarily there for day-to-day run-of-the-mill meetings just to talk about kicking off a project where maybe we could use zoom for that um so i think we're going to come to a balance between yeah a combination of both really
0: yeah that makes sense and i think as well like just touching on that kind of community feel and bringing people together I think 2021 is going to be massive on that because people have missed it so much with 2020 and I think 2020 was the year when um, I think communication definitely stepped up like you and all of your Zoom meetings James but like there's a kind of trade-off I think we're communicating more than we ever have been as a collective but we're not actually connecting as much as we could be because we're almost taking for granted all of these ways that we can connect with each other but There's no meaning behind it. And I think what we're going to start seeing now from brands is a real effort where they actually try to engage their client base, customer base on a meaningful level with the content that they start putting out, making sure everything is meaningful and value added. Um, Really kind, kind of, I'd say, creating platforms like community marketing, that sort of thing. I think we're going to see a lot more of as well, which is just super interesting because I think the way that I see it is... People are really starting to appreciate the people that have things in common with them. Like, I guess you're a really good example, James, with the Peloton stuff. Like, I see Peloton groups on everything. Like LinkedIn have got Peloton groups. Facebook has.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's you know, it's interest topics, isn't it? And um, people, um, you know, to what you're into. There's a, there's a, an area for you somewhere on the internet. You know, and this is what it's going to be. Uh, I think, yeah, you know, the, all the different social media platforms that you use, pretty much everything's on everything now. Uh, it just and obviously, different people hang out on different platforms. So you know, there might be a, a Peloton Twitter group, or a LinkedIn group, or a Facebook group, but you might not be on all of them yourself. So you might be on one or, or all of them, you know. And I think we're going to see that going forwards, where we're going to see people wanting to form communities um, around certain topic areas and things like that. Um, and yeah, I think we'll just see how that develops,
1: really. Well, it's something we're already working on as a company uh having all of our clients as well as uh, uh staff members and 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 specialists really all on one big platform communicating amongst themselves so part of the so marketing community is something we're working on at the minute chelsea and james and myself so hopefully we'll get everybody on board and then our clients can chat amongst themselves as well they've all got one thing in common they're our clients so if they've got something to say we can assist
0: yeah, they've clearly got one thing in common and that's they're all interested in marketing at least yeah. because they're well, engaging hopefully. agency yeah, services. That's it, that's
1: <laughs> and also, I think, I think it does step up uh, our level of service. And if we had all of our clients in one community, let's say on Clubhouse or, or something else, uh, we can chat in real time almost at times. And if they've got a specific need, it's less emails, it's less messages, less yeah. phone calls, and we can put it on one platform and someone else might find that advice really useful.
0: Yeah that's one thing that I've been thinking from a content perspective is um, kind of just like the the scale of it so how can I help the most people with not like the least amount of effort because but you get what I mean like I need I need Mm -hmm. to pick things now that give us the biggest ROI because obviously we're super busy we've got a lot of a lot of people wanting our services but people still deserve the help our existing clients are super important to us and we have a duty to care for their business and provide them with the best service possible. Well you
1: found that out during the marketing seminar. We invited customers to ask questions and we'd advise free of charge, just a nice casual meetup and it worked. It worked really well. Yeah. We took the advice on board and they're doing really well out of it. And I think that's what both small and large businesses need. Less of the sell, more of the just conversational advisory points.
0: Yeah. I think that's what ultimately makes a community. So um, yeah I think One thing as well I'd just like to touch on as well, because we've had a lot of people asking us this question, and that is the importance of influencer marketing in 2021. I personally think 2021 will start seeing the decline of um, the big influencers like... um, like the kardashian level like the celebrities endorsing things i think if influencer marketing is something that you really are super keen on and you're interested in developing even further start looking for the micro influencers with pretty niche audiences because ultimately what you'll see is people view them as a lot more authentic they'll view them as a lot more honest a lot of the time their audience is actually way more engaged than people that just follow holly willoughby because they think she's got nice hair and um Yeah I guess actually look at people whose audiences are actually your target audience and really drill down into why you think they are because I think the more people that you can get connected with your brand and interested in them on a personal level the better it's going to be for actual ROI because yes you might get the brand awareness from game with these big influencers but ultimately if it doesn't boil down into sales it's just a waste of money, and the bigger the bigger the influencer, the more they cost.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it might be a case where the uh, these uh, supposed celebrity influencers need to earn the money <laughs> a bit more. Yeah. yeah, I think if you look at them, yeah, they've obviously had a relatively easy um, time of things, just essentially being uh, sent free, in Dubai. Well, yeah, <laughs> or just being sent free goods to take a photo, or yeah, being paid to take a photo. But in reality, there's no research going into that audience at all. Yeah, they just they've just got a big audience. That's all it is. But I think if if that if the if people like Instagram and people like that start to clamp down on those audiences. And you yeah, you know, these things go in cycles. You know, Facebook did this years ago. At some point it'll decide that a lot of their followers aren't valid and they'll start to knock them off. Um and then they'll their value will go down. Um so like you say I think then they'll be replaced by someone that's maybe a bit more niche a bit more interested uh, and a bit more relevant to uh, a particular brand's
1: target market? Yeah, I think it is industry dependent, though, very much. Uh, For example, an industry I follow quite closely, as you all know, is the cryptocurrency space. (laughs) um, And it does relate to the products we offer, because you can now take cryptocurrency as a payment on your website. Uh, So it's something we've been toying around with. It's something that's in the news quite a lot lately. It's become very mainstream. Uh, and, and, and a key influencer of that, he influences the price of s- certain cryptocurrencies with one tweet or with almost just a hashtag on a tweet. Uh, and that's Elon Musk. He's an influencer but doesn't actually charge for his services. He's just crazy. And it just goes to show that in that niche market with certain followers, all, they ha- all one individual has to do is one small tweet or one tiny move and the whole market shifts by several thousand pounds in a second. So that's, that's an influencer, but on a different scale. And, and again, it's very niche.
0: Yeah, and I'd say also as well, because he's not actually selling his services or doing no. like hashtag ads. That goes back to the authenticity of it really, doesn't it? It's not like um, Bitcoin have paid him like so much money to actually no, do no, this. No, again, he's not a paid influencer. Yeah. He's
1: just interested in it. And he's just got a huge audience. I think that and there's lots of people out there who are experts in a certain industry who you trust from the work they've done previously with PayPal, with Tesla, with SpaceX. He's he's a multiple success, uh, so that's probably why people follow him. And if he puts things on a tweet, they believe it's a, it's the right thing to do. So, if you want Bitcoin on your website, cryptocurrency payments, that's the future.
0: <laughs> yes, I think um, those are our key. Um, those are our key predictions I guess then for 2021 and we'd love to hear about yours so if you want to get in touch join in the conversation with us just hit us up on social media or um, email us in it hello at so